One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff Jarrett. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Cohen. That's the new intro. A super long and hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Uh, I'm great. I was. We were just saying before we got on camera or audio record microphone. What a lovely day we had yesterday. Of course, we're bitter enemies. We hate each other. But we recorded the Wrestle Talk Extra review of Royal Rumble 2010 for Patreons. That'll be going up next week. Uh, Friday, in fact. Friday. That's always a lot of fun. Love those records, despite hating you. So if you're not already, what are you waiting for? Go and become a pledge hammer on Patreon to get that when it's up. It's like three it's hours our... long. It's a review of Royal Rumble 2010, uh, the one where Edge made his first big return uh, from injury. Oh, and it was a really, really fun show, particularly that Undertaker-Rey uh, Mysterio match. And the Shawn Michaels storyline of being obsessed oh, with yeah. Undertaker. He needed to win that Rumble to face him again at WrestleMania. What a story. Uh, but then after that, in, in true Adam Blompier style, He's, he pitched us a board game that we would play for Board Game Club. And it would take two hours, he said. Two hours max. Did he say two hours? Because it, to me, he'd booked us out from three till six. Mm. Which is, that, that by my calculations, that's three hours. Damn. Well, if he said that, all I heard was ga- the, the game Blood on the Clock Tower, which is excellent. Uh, it says on their website, games can last between 30 minutes to two hours. I wonder if that is, depending on how many players you've got, also how many people have played the game previously. Because like yeah. the, so we had like half an hour just getting everything set up anyway, because we're doing it remotely. So we're recording Zoom and recording our own audio separately and recording a game screen. And then we had two, you know, had to have two GMs effectively so we could do this and setting up Discord and all that. That took half an hour, including sort of explaining the rules. And then like our first night process took an hour because we had to like, when you find out what your role is, 
I, I don't know because I wasn't part of any of the conversations, but everyone had to be like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Here is what your role does. Well, I, uh, annoyingly, I'd done the prep. I watched the video. I read the rules. I did 45 minutes of research before we started the game. I didn't know you could do that in real time. Anyway, we won't say who we were because, mm -hmm. but, but like that will spoil it if you eventually watch it. I encourage you to do so. By the way, sort of PSA, Phenomenerds isn't called Phenomenerds anymore because nobody can spell it. Mm -hmm. Even I... even us, the people who run the channel, cannot spell the name. But it sounds. And I've only got, and I've only got one question for you. Do you like board games? Then... Well, then you'll love. <laughs> Rolls Bard. No, no Rolls Bard. <laughs> hey, you might think like Navi from The Legend of Zelda. Hey, that's what your wrestling Dungeons and Dragons game was called. You're right, it was. Now that's called CBW, City British Wrestling. We've rebranded everything, we've reshuffled. Won't be the end of it. We've got some new <laughs> things that they're gonna... <laughs> Oh yeah, there's some more changes afoot. Oh yeah, Bob Dylan's... What the, what's, what's the song? Times are a-changing. Oh, well, times they are a-changing. Indeed but... they are. The channels are a changing and YouTube loves change. Anyway, go over to No Rolls Bard, subscribe there so you see it when it eventually goes live. But what I'm trying to say is that even though it went on for four hours, I loved it. Yeah, it was so much fun. Like I had several debriefs uh, with people. Like uh, I, I had a, a long thread with someone in the game afterwards. <sighs> about like about the game i then had messages between you and i about hmm. the game adam text me wondering if i was genuinely annoyed <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was like no 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 it's just it's all part of the game you sounded annoyed at parts well i mean i, I mean yeah i was being falsely accused uh the what one of the reviews i watched of the game before we played it specifically said well what i love about blood on the clock tower is that you avoid that the way the game's set up you don't just get people yelling over each other like you do in werewolf you talk about it like uh politely and that is not what happened with us <laughs> that's not that can't happen surely it's about accusing people yeah, they were like, oh, it's really good because you can never like fully trust your own. One of the mechanics of the game is that you might be drunk and you don't know you're drunk. So you don't know all your information is incorrect. Uh, so they're like, and what, we, what we experienced is when we played it, everyone knew their own knowledge could be fallible. So we all talked about it like with that in mind, not us. We just yelled at each other. Oh, yeah. I told someone to go F themselves at one point. <laughs> you i did yeah i went into a, another chat and i've apologized to them since i, was just, <laughs> I know who you are <laughs> and this is someone i don't know i've met them once on another board game club. <laughs> i know who you are and i'm going to expose you and he was like what and i said and i just left the room <laughs> i was so sure it was him uh, it's. It, I can't wait for people to see it, but and it's not going to be out for a couple of weeks either. So it's like we've got to sit on that for, a, which I'm. I'm really like, 
I just want to talk about it now. Mm. I want to talk about like I was I was even thinking last night, I was like, we need to do like a post show on it. <laughs> like we need to have everyone get everyone back in to talk about everything that happens. Oh, I loved it. So the the, the guy the, the review I watched to explain the rules was Shut Up and Sit Down, which are quite a big Great channel. Uh, board game channel. And they said it's there. The guy who fronts it said it was his favorite game of all time. Yeah, I mean, it featured on Adam's uh, list, his top mm. 10 games of all time. It featured on there. And it's a brand new game. Like, it's not, it's still, like, if you want to get it, you've got to go to the Kickstarter page because of, like, the pandemic and everything. It's still not in, like, its big mass production thing. So, yeah, this is, like, this is hot off the shelves. And by that, I mean, it's not even on shelves. So, yeah, can't wait to release that video. Um, that's going to be out in a couple of weeks on No Rolls Bard. Do you like board games? I'll tell you what I like, AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the review. Of the inner circle splitting up the main event of last night's episode of Dynamite saw them in various combinations. We had MJF and Chris Jericho versus Santana and Ortiz versus Sammy Hager, the uh, red red guitarist. Well, he's from Van Halen. Someone got very upset at us in the uh, they, like, they sent a message to me being like, I can't believe you didn't get that joke. And I was like, I literally explained the joke. I just forgot that he was in Van Halen. Yeah, that's your fault, Luke. For Sorry. not getting the joke. Uh, that's yeah, on me. They, they had a match and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but the so the seeds are being sown for their eventual implosion. We will get to that very shortly. But first, hey, we're sponsored by beer again. Oh, here we are. Wrestle Talk is so cool that beer gives us money to drink beer and talk about beer to you fine folk. Beer52.com forward slash Wrestle Talk. Go there, UK viewers, and you'll get a free case of eight craft delicious beers, a magazine detailing those beers, a beer culture, and a packet of snacks, gourmet snacks. I know it's a bit too ingrained in culture, I suppose, you know, when you like you say forward slash, but do you think we could put like a wrestling term on it and call it an overhand shop? So it's beer52.com, overhand shop, <laughs> wrestle talk. I don't think the clients no, would like that. It's not, it's not going to catch on either. Correct. <laughs> Uh, the yeah go over there check that out we'll be tucking into this little delight in after the main discussion point which is this inner circle tag match main event full disclosure because some people did not like this episode because how dare aew not do the best episode you've ever seen every week <laughs> i i thought it was really good i i there's a, there's a part of me that prefers the in between solid episodes. I just I just appreciate that sort of steady craftsmanship and consistency. Sometimes more than the flashy big event stuff. Uh, I've I've al I've always said that. That's not new. Um, and I, yeah, I I really I gave it four out of four because I was going to give it. Whoa! Out, I know. I was going to give it three oh. out of four. <laughs> And I was writing the review. And by the by the time I was at the end of the review and I started summing up all the reasons why it was good, I was like, oh my God, I loved so much on this show. I can't, I've got to be true to myself. And Tony Khan transferred me so much money this morning. 
I um I I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Um, but I also don't think I'm a, a, among the group that didn't like the episode. I agree that it was certainly a botch-heavy episode, which mm. is kind of what we were talking about before we, we came on air. I think that's a, a lot of people sort of gripes with the episode. But I thought, like, I mean, it, it's two young teams out there because Presidium was in the private party uh, match with uh, Top Flight. They're two young teams. Like, it, they sort of think, like, I, I don't know, I kind of, like, I forgive it because, yeah, it's if you're watching NXT, you saw, like, you know, I'm talking about, like, pre-network era NXT when it was, like, a developmental thing. And there was a bunch of people be like, well, yeah, that that makes sense. It's it's young talent that that's sort of like learning the ropes. They're going to make mistakes. So I, I'm a bit more forgiving of that. Um, it didn't have that big killer angle, but like it wasn't a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination. Like I didn't come away from it being like that episode insulted my intelligence. Like that was a bad episode of wrestling. I came away from the episode being like that was a solid two hours of television. Yeah, there's the obviously top flight private party you've mentioned and the other young up-and-comer, Chris Jericho, who oh nearly broke his neck on a lion's salt in the main event. He's got to stop that. He has got to stop doing the lion's salt. Mm. Yeah, but I just... He did it off the bottom rope. <laughs> well, I think he? he just, like... and I think he actually did it off the middle rope. It's just that there was no spring there. Like, there was no, like... There was no, like, trajection to, like, carry him over. I like, he got over just about but yeah it was not it's not the smoothest lion salt i've ever seen in, in my life i would I probably just I'd, re I'd retire that from my repertoire i think he's working us you know just when i said he got a dad bod specifically so people would boo him more and make fun of him for that heel heat i think he screwed up on purpose <laughs> uh, let's talk about that main event because i one of the one of the reasons i like this episode so much is because i, I just feel like the character work for so many people on this episode was so incredibly solid. And nowhere is that more evident than a promotion having the confidence in their characters and the relationships between them to put on a three-way tag match for the main event where everyone heals. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it was a really, really fun um, three-way tag as well. I really, really enjoyed like this this main event, particularly because there was like some really fun pairings in there. Like they started off with Jericho and Sammy, you know, less sex gods sort of like imploding. It's like the first time they've really got to go at it. And having Sammy sort of like outmatch Chris Jericho was a really, really sort of nice touch. Like Hager looked really good in this match. Like Hager looked like an absolute star coming out of this match. And it's Jack Swagger. You know what I mean? Like it's not like He's not going to be winning the title in time soon, but he looked great coming out of this. It's the best Jake Hager has ever looked. The, the only yeah. time was, was when it kept cut. The only time I was more impressed with Jake Hager in his AEW run were the old video packages that they'd do for Chris Jericho, and it would cut to him and he wouldn't be talking because that was his gimmick. Yeah. He was silent. But, but like here, he had two amazing, well, he had a couple of hot tag take everyone out spots, but he had two badass spots against Jericho and MJF where Jericho would get in with the bat, you know, uh, what's it called? Floyd. Floyd. And he's going to hit Hager, but Hager just unleashed this boot. Same thing happened with MJF, who went for the diamond rings. Hager was like, nah, -uh, mate, and decked him. And then it got me thinking, oh my God, are we looking in the wrong place here? Is the big breakout act going to be Hager and Wardlow getting together as a tag team? Oh, that's a beefy old tag team, isn't it? Can you imagine Hager and Wardlow against uh, Jericho and MJF? Uh, what? Well, yeah. Well, I, and I, what I, I very much enjoyed about this episode was this inner circle storyline because we have seen, like, I felt like this episode was the the first real 
big story progression in this it, since MJF joining the group. Because MJF joined the group and the inner circle, aside from Jericho, weren't really into the idea. Santana and Ortiz went into the idea. Sammy wasn't into the idea. Um, you know, and and Hager is Hager. And now he is sort of like he's warmed himself to Santana and Ortiz. And they kind of like him now. Like he went and he showed his respect to um, Santana after a family member had passed away. And sort of like, you know, personally about like his own family losses that he has had. And so they've kind of, they've warmed to him now. And on this episode, MJF very much stood, like he was, when he had his promo with Chris Jericho, he was quite clear to say like, if I was in charge, we wouldn't have had this match. But Chris Jericho is a great leader, so we are going to have this match, and we're going to come out stronger off the back of it. Then he went to the locker room with the rest of the inner circle and just said straight to their face, like, if, I, if this was my group, if I was in charge, this match would never happen. He's already something like, that's why I think this is like a really big storyline moment for this, this angle that they're doing. It's him saying, He's he's basically sowing the seeds of dissension against Jericho, which is I, I which is what we kind of figured was going to happen once he joined the group. And he's done it in such a subtle way. Like I, we said this a couple of weeks ago when MJF went backstage and consoled Hager after his defeat to Wardlow, and I was like, oh my god, AEW have done the impossible. They've made me who was like from the beginning. Well, we all know what's happening. MJF turns on the inner circle eventually. They've now made me, knowing that's where they're going, well, maybe they're not. They've wrong-footed me in so many other ways. Like, that seemingly being the predictable route. And despite that, I am now invested in MJF's relationships with all these people. He is, he's a very good actor in that regard. Uh, but for the actual match itself, it was really exciting. And it is, it is hard to pull off heel versus heel versus heel dynamics. But yeah, the, the relationships, what it meant, the stakes... It really gave it some drama and some significance. Uh, the, the end was MJF pinned Santa Santana, or was it Ortiz? Sammy. Pinned was it Sammy, Sammy? Didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he pinned Sammy. Yeah, because he's oh. wearing trunks. Oh, yeah, good point. Oh, of course, that's a huge part of the story. Uh, so he rolls up Sammy, grabs the, grabs the trunks. He cheats to win, but that's kind of okay in the inner circle. I don't think any of the inner circle can be annoyed that one of them cheated to win. I think in their sort of honor amongst thieves ethos, they'll actually be like fair Jews. You are now the, the official tag team. But with that, with that sort of backwards morality comes the threat that one day another team will rise up and take their place. And I'm, I'm so intrigued as to where this story, like, cause I, I'm, my guess is like, if I'm sort of like, you know, armchair quarterbacking this, is that we're going ahead to MJF is essentially going, they're going to oust Chris Jericho, right? And that's going to be the big baby face turn for Chris Jericho. Is is where where does Sammy go? Because mm -hmm. is the, is the linchpin of this is like is MJF waiting for Sammy to get on side before he enacts on Jericho, or is he just going to take Santana Ortiz, Hager, and Wardlow, and then sort of like leave Jericho and Sammy as like like the ones on the outs, or is he going to keep Sammy to himself once he's got him on side? Or are we going to like and just delay that big Sammy face turn, which is quite clearly coming because Sammy, like you're right, this was heel versus heel versus heel, but Sammy was playing the baby face in this match. 
hit a beautiful swan song off the top rope as well. Uh, I there's, this is that's what that's what's exciting. There are so many different directions they can go with this. As you were talking, I kind of sort of started fantasy booking in my head. Yeah, I like the idea. Jericho is beaten up by MJF and that sort of alpha alpha show of supremacy. Jericho's written off for a while, uh, and then Sammy sort of gets bullied, uh, and then he's made the next target. Uh, Sammy gets taken out as well. He's no longer with the group. He's full on babyface. And that's when you have the Jericho return eventually. Jer the Le Sex Gods reunited. We all thought it was going to be Sammy versus Jericho, but really you go that route. And one other thing I'd say, because this is unfortunate, that the only actual tag team in that faction, Santana Ortiz, who we're big, big fans of and who have not gotten a fair shake in AEW so far, they've been lost in the shuffle. They lost. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, a, it's a shame to see. So, like, um, what in what way has the inner circle benefited them? But maybe if MJF does become the leader and he starts benefiting pr pr Proud and Powerful more, then that's a reason for them to side with him over Jericho. Yeah, and you're right. Like, we said this last week that, like, my, my heart wanted Santana and Ortiz to win this because I do want them to be, like, the focal point of, of you know, if, it's, if they're going to be a tag team, be the, the focal tag team of that group. But, um, yeah, like, my, my head kind of, you know, figured it was going to be MJF and Jericho. I want more for them, and I'm hoping that, like, once this inner circle thing is kind of like over because i don't think you want to run this for like you know three years and years and years like you don't want to nwo this situation but once they do eventually split away from the inner circle to have a really good tag run because they are i outside of the lucha brothers probably the most underutilized tag team mm. in aew like it, i don't think there's, there's much doubt in that because they're so good so so great and i really want to see more fun Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Let's see what you guys thought in the Omega chats. AW, of course, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get all your Omega chats in there. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I cannot wait till Sammy turns face. Been loving his work for ages. Do you think he will be in another group, though? And if so, which one or new one? Maybe with other Inner Circle members. Jam that chat. Jam that jam. Yeah, I wonder if he'll just go sort of run solo. I was about to say, I'd imagine he'll run solo, but then like MJF's whole point of joining in a circle is that everyone's in a group. Like mm. L- John Moxley is one of the few lone wolves like of, of AEW. So yeah, maybe Sammy won't be on his own. Maybe he'll just join, not so much like just join a different faction. Maybe starts his own faction. Moxley looks like he's joining Death Square. <laughs> Pentagon and Phoenix. Uh, yeah, I, th- I stick by what I just said. Sammy leaves reunites with an also ousted Chris Jericho as baby faceless sex gods. Charles Berg, Jericho seemed gassed the entire match. That's pro wrestling parlance for sort of exhausted. Well, before he almost killed himself, it was scary, but otherwise I've finally done it. I've perfected my pancake recipe. If you guys want the recipe, I can share it in the comments or email. I ran out of room here. Well, there you go. Put it in the comments. Let people know what is the perfect pancake recipe. I've been having pancakes for my Saturday morning treat breakfasts. Mm. How have they been? Have you found the perfect pancake recipe? A little bit of sourdough starter in there. Make that bubbly go. Ooh. Oh, look at you. Someone's doing lockdown in the hipsterest way possible. <laughs> Anonymous. I bet AEW make that lion salt an angle. MJF messed with the ropes to get Jericho killed so he can take over the inner circle. Jericho will be quite good. Cool. I mean, I'm amazed that Jericho didn't make more of the the comments that he got from all the NBA fans when um, they were preempted by them. I really thought he would run a little bit with that about, you know, everyone that was fat shaming him online. But it didn't, he just sort of ignored it. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. If that, well, I'd imagine he'll probably just, just ignore it. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat. Here it comes. I love that MJF is playing it so straight and subtle. It's nice to not have your intelligence insulted in a wrestling angle. I completely agree. Sammy is going to be a huge babyface one day. I thought he had the crowd behind him here. It felt like testing the waters. That's yeah. That's what we were saying. Like during the sort of review of the match, he was playing the babyface here. That's a really excellent point. That this was like 
this is it's not the first time we've seen him play the baby face in a match but this is the first time where it's like here is what you can expect from baby face sammy guevara and finally for now tyler woodward hi lads so if the inner circle split up sammy should be a baby face and then he should be in the tnt title picture also, Mr. Davis, where were you for Quizzlemania last night? By another panini maker. How panini makers are there? Doesn't make sense, Tyler Woodward. <laughs> uh, me and Luke recorded nine hours of other content that day. So we thought we'd, we wouldn't do the 20-hour-long Quizzlemania that Adam undoubtedly had stored for us. Someone messaged. Like, it was only a two-hour show um, outside of the, um, the Super Chat stuff. But... Um... I know, right? Um, someone messaged me on Twitter last night to say that they think they're, they're quite confident in this. That's the first Quizzlemania without either one of us being on the show. It's like we're the letting, 25 episodes. We're letting the new talent get over, but we will be back uh, the next time. Uh, now, before we get into the full play-by-play -play review, let's sample. Ooh. Metamorpho. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. This is, this is again from Kaiju Beer, who we sampled last time, but this is pretty much a straight IPA rather than a stout one. But I finished the rest of that beer that evening while watching so a I. Hard Day's Night, and I, I am um, singing along. <laughs> I uh, finished it while we were having a quite important meeting. I was just subtly just sipping away at it, but that's delightful, by the way. The the five o'clock meeting. Yeah, with another company, <laughs> Luke. Stop getting like drunk a... on company time. <laughs> uh, that is delicious you can get mm -hmm. a case of oh, eight delightful. free craft beers if you go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk uh, UK viewers only I'm afraid but Holy heck, have you seen the alcohol level 6.7% my friend crikey I mean Woo. it is Australian so that makes a lot of sense really Uh, get all of your Omega chats in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support as well. We'll read out all of them at the end of the show. Let's kick off with the AEW Dynamite play-by-play -play review. Uh, it's it's Thursday. You know what that means. So I I loved this, this opening segment in its entirety because it had like three acts, really. Put me in such a good mood because yeah, I thought it was I... done to perfection. It probably coloured my ridiculous amount of enjoyment for the entire episode. I proper laughed. Like, the, the finale of this match. Like, I loved this match anyway, because it was so much fun. It was uh, Dark Order of Reynolds Silver, Colt Cabana, and Hangman Adam Page, because mm. this was the match. They were going to have this eight-man, and then he was either going to join them or he wasn't, versus Chaos Project and TH2. And, man, like, Reynolds and Silver were really, really great in their role. Colt Cabana's as brilliant as all, but... It's so I, I never get tired of seeing Hangman Page wrestle. Never get tired of it. It's so, so great. But all the stuff with negative one proper made me laugh. Like he is, he's great anyway. I I love AEW for how well, like how much care they're taking it. Like they're really taking care of, of the 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 Brody family, of, of, of Brody Lee's family. And you know, singing happy birthday to him, hitting um, Luther with the kendo stick and him falling into the cake, then throwing papers at Serpentico. Like, I just thought that everything about this was so, so lovely. I, you know, I, I was up at six o'clock to watch this this morning and I was beaming 
with like this big smile on my face because I was so lovely. You know, when you go and watch a wrestling live event or a house show and the wrestlers are goofing off in the ring and it's really organic and funny and everyone there like, oh, it's just we're all in on the big joke. And you think, why don't they ever put that stuff on TV? I wonder how that would work. And this this is what they did. It was a birthday celebration for Negative One. Like Luke said, Luther like played up the classic bully. He was like, I'm going to ruin your birthday. And of course, <laughs> get shoved into the cake at the end. It was just so feel good uh, that, that there were botches up and down this show. There were botches here as well. Hangman Page botched mm -hmm. a rep. Like you never see him botch a kip up. So he's bread and butter. Um, but yeah, it was really chaotic, messy, but very, very fun. And like you said, so sweet. And then at the end of it, uh, the Dark Order win. Like after that, you're meant to get Paige's reveal whether he's going to join the Dark Order or not. And I, I, I what did you think? I thought he was definitely going to join. I thought this for yeah. weeks. I know. I, I thought he was joining as well. And and I thought he was for sure joining once, like once Brody had passed. Mm. I was like, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine they're going to turn this to a heartbreaking angle, but they did. And it actually, it was all the more effective because he didn't, because they were so excited. Like, like Silver literally gets down on one knee and he's like, oh, you're so handsome. You've got really nice hair. And I, and I really like hanging out with you. Like, will you join the Dark Order? And before he really says anything, it sounds like he's going to. And then they play like this big video that says he said yes. And like the rest of the Dark Order go and get drinks and stuff. And he just goes, so it's like, I've, I've done the group thing already. And it, and it didn't work out for me. And it, I'm really sorry to say, but it's no. And then he just sort of walks away. And he's so sorry. And then he put out a tweet earlier that just so, you know, it was a, it was a quote retweet of this moment. And he just put, I'm so sorry. And it made my heart break even more because he's not doing it maliciously. He's not doing it because he's a dick. He's doing it because he's been burned before and he doesn't want to get burned again. But what I, I think it's even deeper than that because, uh, you, you know, Hangman Page's character, he blames himself. Like, he's yeah. not like, oh, I, that, that I've been cheated on or, or whatever before, you know, sort of that external hate. It's all internal. Like, he blames himself for Kenny not liking him and for ruining the friendship with the Bucks. So it's not like, I don't want you to hurt me, Dark Order. He's, it's almost valiant in a really depressing way where he's like, I can't join your faction. Because I don't I'll only, break you guys up. I'll only poison you as well. Exactly. Oh, what, what an incredibly unique way to book a wrestling babyface. I've never seen anything like it. And it's so psychologically complex and just little touches where when he walks out, of course, it wasn't just the screen. They had like, Evil Uno was trying to stop dancers coming out. They had a whole celebration planned. And they had like a bottle of vodka or something on the table. Paige just grabs it on the way out. And it's been a thing. He hasn't been drinking recently. But he was drinking last week. Remember he at the was, bar? Yeah. So yep. it's like, it's, he's back in that spiral. And I was, it's, AW keep doing this to me. They, they set up a thing, and this is my favorite thing in anything, wrestling, comic books, just sort of narrative art in general, where I think, oh, okay, they're going this way. That's great. I can't wait for that to happen. And then they freaking do something better. Like, oh, that's why, they're, that's why they're the professionals, and they do this for a living. I want to be yeah. worked. I don't oh, want to no. see through stuff and fantasy book it before it happens. 
I loved it. Absolutely loved it. This might have been probably my, this might have been my favorite thing on the show, really. I, I'm just, I love Hangman Page. I'm really enjoying this new version of the Dark Order. And yeah, like it's, it's heartbreaking to watch. Like, because John, because John Silver looks like Pete as well. Like, it just breaks your heart even more. I said, Pete looks like I, everyone. I know. <laughs> He looked like that Drew McIntyre lad that was on um, uh, Monday's Raw. Um, I said this to Pete when we did the Brody Lee tribute show. I was like, you know, when like Silver breaks down crying, I was like, it didn't help that he looks like you, Pete, because <laughs> I just saw, I saw you crying and that made me cry even more. It's, uh, I mean, like, hopefully that they now do a storyline of the Dark Order being really supportive. You know, like what the Dark Order always said they are, like a support group for <laughs> disillusioned people but they do it as a baby face thing rather than a heel thing. And they, they can save Paige, really. I, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, this is got... one of those moments that I'd have loved to have seen it in front of a full crowd. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not as, in, not, not as in save it. I'm not saying like you save this moment for when you get crowds in. I just feel like there are certain moments of in the last year of wrestling where I'm like, oh, I wish that had a crowd there. Sometimes I'm like, I quite enjoy the intimacy of it. Uh, hmm. But yeah, either could work. After that, we got Jericho and MJF talking to Alex Marvez. We've spoken about that. Then we got uh, the latest chapter in Sting looking at Darby Allen and Team Taz interrupting. Do you remember last week when you said, oh, I think that's um, Darby Allen all wrapped up uh, with Team Taz, him and Sting, no more business with them. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure we've still got more uh, to come from this. Yeah. Yeah. So Darby Allen, I loved the match last week. But Darby Allen doesn't really connect with me as a character. I, he's, he's fine. Look, I've, I've been through this before. Like I, I get into him, and then I'm like, ah, I think I'm just into the matches. Like, he, I, like I never really got Jeff Hardy. I, I just don't get every single wrestling babyface. Um, but he does appeal to a very large portion. He was a genuine ratings draw, and you love him as well. Uh, so I don't know if I'm not into it because of the sort of emo stuff puts me off. Or if it's because this is sort of the most repetitive thing on AEW right now. Yeah, I mean, this was sort of more of the same. Sting was going to congratulate Darby Allen on, on his TNT Championship. I mean, he's like his TNT Championship reign, which I guess is one title defense in you know in a month, or two months or so. Uh, and then in the end, like I mean, I say in the end, straight away Team Taz are on the screen. They're like, "Hey, yo, is it getting hot in here?" And then he just says, um, "They basically challenged them to a street fight." And it looked like Sting and Darby Allen accepted that. So, I mean, did they essentially announce here this is Sting's first match in AEW? It's a street fight of Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz. Yeah, yeah, they they pretty much did. Uh, yeah, it didn't feel very big time, did it? No, it didn't, did it? Like, if they are announced, unless they're just shooting an angle, like, but I get about a pre-taped street fight thing with Team Taz is a good way to get around Sting's limitability. Uh, it, was it what limit limitations? That's not a word. Limitations. Thank you for. Thank you for. I can. I can. I did a portmanteau there. Limitations. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know what you do. Do you do two members of Team Taz versus Sting and Darby, or do you Sting and Darby get other people? So it's a four on four. But yeah, definitely a cinematic street fight. Yeah, I think if you're doing a, a cinematic street fight, it's just the four on two. It's like it's not so much a match; it's mm. more just that there is an angle that we're going to shoot a film, basically. Uh, Darby will take some insane bumps, uh, and oh, he'll yeah, have well. to because that parking lot brawl street fight thing back in August with best friends and Santana and Ortiz—one of the best matches in Dynamite history—they've got to top. 
Uh, then we got the first chapter in the excellent Super Elite Saga. A few segments on this over, over the episode. The Young Bucks go to Kenny Omega's house for a meeting that he's invited them to. They're met by Michael Nakazawa, who is now doing a sort of skeeter role from the Muppets. He's the personal assistant. And they go in. He's not there. Kenny's not there. But they're met by this oil painting of Kenny and Don Callis, topless with the jeans down low, where you get the <laughs> sexy V of the male torso, which is pointing. It's like a point, an arrow, being like, my cock's down here. And they were like, what is this? What is this oil painting? And Don Callis walks in and is like, oh, it's a birthday present. I got it for the champion. It's his birth. And like, like, it's not his birthday until October. It's like, well, you can never be too far ahead of, of where you're getting the birthday presents from. Uh, and then he sends Alex Marvez to the dungeon. Well, don't worry. It's just it's just a resting training room. It's, it's okay. And take that cameraman with you as well. I also love the bucks here because like Don's essentially trying to pay the bucks off. Like he's trying to say, you know, like you're not going to have a problem with Kenny. You don't have a problem with me. And the reason why it's because of this check I'm writing for you here. The Bucks were like, well, you know, we do make quite a bit of money in ADEM. So, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll add a little bit more. And the Bucks just had this great line where they're like, you know, we have worked for that company that you co-run and we know that those checks aren't good. <laughs> oh, that's a good impact slam. Yeah, they. It, this, was, this was all really well done. It was funny. It had drama. It was well acted. I appreciate the touch of Marvez being there and the Bucks are like, why are you randomly here? And Marvez is like, well, it's I was sent here. Here's the camera crew. So they gave a reason why it was being filmed. And then later when they sent Marvez and the cameraman to the dungeon, uh, they put the camera down in the corner. So there was a reason, like there was a diegetic reason for this to be filmed, which I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's a very nice bit of attention to detail. But yeah, it was the, the Bucks say like, sort of rough up Don Callis. You don't see it. Don backs towards the camera and it cuts, but the insinuation is they're going to beat him up. But it's still teasing this idea that Kenny doesn't know what Don's up to. Well, it's very interesting because later on, you've got Kenny and Don Callis together and he like sees Callis's eye and he realizes what the Bucks did to him. Like, and like Callis doesn't want to say that it was the Bucks that did it, but then does let it slip that it was the Bucks. And... We've got a match announced for Beach Break, I think it is, which is the Bucks tagging with Gallows and Anderson. But that's and next week. That next week. That Okay, and the Beach Break one is Gallows and Anderson and Omega versus Moxley and the Lucha Brothers. Right, Greg, <laughs> we've got quite a few busy weeks then. <laughs> like, Yeah, so like that that match next week, I think we're going to see something. Uh, the, I'm, I'm so intrigued as to where the story goes because I still don't know. I've written in my notes here. It does look like Don is manipulating Omega. But I'm still not sure if it is. I still think that Kenny's kind of in on it, but I don't know. And that's why I'm really enjoying this story because I, I don't know if I'm right. I could very well be wrong. I probably am wrong, but that's fine because it's also, it's about learning what's, what's going on as it's revealed to you. I'm going to add another layer to it. I can't wait for this Bucks Good Brothers match. How will they coexist? But they're fighting that the four-man team from the Dark Order. Yeah. Surely Hangman Page is involved in this somehow. <sighs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. You're absolutely right. Crikey. Mm. Uh, after this, we got Peter Rav. It's the, it's the Cody Rhodes segment. So, you know, <laughs> variety is good. We're going to get some sports entertainment stuff here. Cody Rhodes has been saying he's going to beat Peter Avalon in under a minute. 
Uh, he, that's all set up to happen. He hits the crossroads right away. But Jade Cargill comes out looking like Storm and distracts him, which allows Peter Avalon to extend out the match with a low blow. But in the end, he taps because he doesn't want to get his face hit. Yeah. Like, I, as, you know what I said about the uh, on Raw when I was like, Lacey Evans and Ric Flair's big plan was to go out and distract Charlotte Flair and watch uh, Peyton Royce beat her. And then they just walk to the back and then Charlotte Flair still won. So I was like, mm. to what end was your plan? I have the same thing with Jade Cargill. To what end was your plan? You went out there and distracted him, but it didn't work. He still won. So you achieved nothing by doing what you did. Cody got kicked in the dick. But cool, he still, he won! He still uh, won! Hurts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, uh, whatever this Cody Cargill shack thing is. I don't know how Sting fits into this. <laughs> Cody, Cody might have overstretched himself here, character-wise. Uh, not that he can't perform it. I just think he's spread a bit thin. He's got, he hasn't got... I don't know what his feud is. He's going to reply to Shaq's comments next week. Well, what I've are got... Shaq's comments? Yeah, I've kind of forgotten. He, she had that, Shaq had that sit-down interview with Brandy. Uh, but he was like... so nice. Like, Shaq was just happy, like, hey, it's just, it's just nice to be here. It's just nice to be invited. And then Brandy Rhodes got annoyed at him and threw water at him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Brandy's pregnancy has sort of derailed things, but... I think it has. Because yeah. it was clearly supposed to be Brandy versus Jade Cargill. Like, I think that was supposed to be the end goal of this. Or like a mixed tag of Cody and Brandy versus um, Jade and Shaq. But yeah, I don't know where we're, we're heading next. I don't know where we're heading now. But like, I'm not massively enthused by it at all, to be honest with you. I am really excited for next week for many reasons. And maybe... Oh, God. No, it's joint first with like four different things. And one of them is the match that was set up in the next segment, which is Jungle Boy taking on Dax, Dax Harwood. Oh, mate. That's going to be really, really good. Yeah. That's going to be great. Really, really excited to see what that is as well. JR was like, that was J JR shared the same thing. He was like, that's going to be the sleeper hit, folks. You want to tune yeah. in for that. And I believed him because that's what I think as well. Uh, but yeah, this was this was I really like this as well. It was sort of uh, Jurassic Express into I got the name right there. I've written it down, interrupting a FTR and Tully Blanchard promo, and that's when Jungle Boy challenges and Dax shakes his hand, and I like I like that sort of honor. Mm, yeah, it was like cheap, but... well, I mean, I'm serious. What FTR do? But yeah, this was very much just like a you like you're stepping to me little boy and now i'm going to put you in your place and like you know he was you know, i've got this now i know what i'm doing you know with a little shot of whiskey at the end there and i totally believe him but i also think that like he's in singles competition he's a tag team wrestler and i think they are going to be telling that story in the match the jungle boy has got probably more singles experience than dax has so i think that's mm -hmm. going to be a really interesting dynamic for the match uh, after that we got mox's first match back since winning since losing the aw title and I was very pleasantly surprised by this. I saw some people, I don't know why people still sort of bust out this argument that established stars shouldn't sell for new stars, because uh, I've seen that in a few places. But what happened here, Mox's first match back, it's against this guy called Nick Kamaroto, who looks like, Bro like Bruiser Brody. He's got his yeah, wild it's amazing, hair, isn't it? 
big thick chest with hair on. Uh, he's a he's a trainee at the Monster Factory with QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes who are at ringside. They put that over, and the, the commentary just framed this perfectly, which is no one else would sign up to face John Moxley because he's going to be pissing vinegar and it's his first match back and he's just going to want to hurt the other person. Apart from this brute, this guy, Nick Komaroto, who was like, look, I've got nothing to lose. And he imagine if Moxley lost this match. They And they put that over on commentary as well, of just like, you know, if this could be a huge upset, if he gets the win here over Moxley. I loved this. Yeah. And also, like, it's Moxley's first match in over a month which really like that's an incredible restraint from AEW to just not put it like he was off TV for weeks after losing the title and now they're sort of using it bringing him back this is his first match in months and I thought it made him look really wicked as well but it also put over this this new young guy like you know he's not signed to the company or anything but yeah I, I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever I think actually I had more of a problem with Cody selling for Peter Avalon but that's <laughs> only because like the Jade Cargill stuff made no sense yeah, in the end, Mox choked him out, got the sleeper in, and Komaroto just fell to the ground pretty soon after. So, oh, yeah, I yeah, loved this finish, because he gets the bulldog choke, you know, which is the move that he's now using, and he jumps onto his back and literally drags him to the floor to lock in the, you know, the, the grapevine. I loved it as a finish, because it was like, yeah, I've got to pull this big dude down to the ground. This is the only way that I'm going to beat him. This, this Nick guy's got, like, he's got a wicked look about him. Mm. Really, really cool look. And Moxley is not hurt one bit, and it made Komaroto look excellent. So, no damage done. Everyone's more over than when they added, uh, when they entered. That's pro wrestling. I, I thought this was very, very effective. Uh, Moxley cut a promo afterwards saying he can't keep track of who's in Bullet Club, who's in Impact, but all roads lead through him. So, still building towards that Kenny rematch. Then we've got Eddie Kingston backstage with the family, freaking Butcher behind him, just. <laughs> looking like Dr. Robotnik on acid. And then, you know, he's talking about this match with Lance Archer. Lance Archer comes in, and then we get a Jake the Snake Roberts mouthing off bit with Eddie. That's a dream. So good. Absolutely loved it. Like, Jake coming in, man. Um, my boy, Lance is going to kill you next week. I hope you know that. Brilliant. So they'll have a match next week. Bloody hell. Uh, then we got the Kenny Don segment. And look, this... This next bit was also one of my favorite things on the show because we've been saying from the moment they sort of turned heel or Matt turned heel, Matt Hardy and private parties relationship. I don't get it. I, well, it's not that I don't get it. It's just not clicking with me. Uh, up until now, it's just been a sort of quite hokey, unconvincing thing about WWE's bad contracts. Matt's their agent. But now, you know, they show up in Impact Big Money Matt takes them to Impact. They're challenging for the tag titles now. And here, they told an excellent story through this six-man tag. Yeah, there were botches. But I'm, I'm, I'm always more about character and story. I can forgive wrestling moves going wrong. Um, and they, But I totally get like if that takes you out of the action. Like If you see something go, go awry, and you're like, oh, it's fake. Like That totally makes sense. I just, it doesn't matter as much to me when I watch it. But like private party would get this advice from Matt to cheat. And they'd they'd be like, oh I don't want to cheat. But then they'd do it because he was so forceful about it. And it would go in their favor. And then they'd be like, 
Okay, I'm finally understanding why this bad guy stuff is so good. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, they were in the match with the Young Bucks, and Matt was trying to get them to use the chair, and they wouldn't, and that ended up with them not winning that match. But this week, they did. Cassidy used it, and Quinn just sort of looked at him and being like, okay, right, well, yeah, let's do this. And he hit the big shooting star press to get the win. Um, yeah, like from the botches thing, as I said at the top of the show, like they're they're two young teams. Like if they went out there and had like completely flawless match, I'd have been absolutely blown away by it. But we've had this with Private Party since that they started. They don't use like some of the stuff they do is a bit too inventive and it doesn't always work. But that's fine because they're learning their craft. They're just doing it on national TV as opposed to in sort of developmental. We don't have a house show circuit where you can kind of work that uh, stuff on. It's the same with Top Flight. Top, like, what of Top Flight is nineteen years old? Like. <laughs> He's 16 years younger than me. I'm not going to go there and be like, oh, I'm sorry, you uh, you botched that move there, uh, Darren, or whatever your name is. I'm, I'm Darius. Come on now, 19-year-old. Like it's So yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. And like what I really loved about this as well is you know, the partnership sort of it as well, because it's mm. it's top flight with Matt Seidel, mm. who is like, you know, he is he's one of those aerial guys that people like top flight would have grown up watching and sort of been like, that's the guy I want to be. I want to be with air boom or whatever his tag team with Kofi Kingston was <laughs> nice. eye roll. And then with private party it kind of makes sense with him and with uh, Matt, because he's now this big money Matt's character. So yeah. So the character work in this, I, I really, really appreciated. Yeah, it was, it was kind of botchy and there were people out of position and stuff, but I, I very much in it kind of enjoyed the story that it told. And now we do have a fully healed private party. They did cheat. They did win. They've come around to Big Money Matt's way of thinking. And I'm way more into Big Money Matt than I am Broken Matt in AEW. Yeah, yeah. Best that Private Party have looked, or not best they've looked because they, they're they always pretty decent. Uh, but character-wise, most engaging they've been since that first episode of Dynamite. So full marks. After that, we got MJF talking to the Inner Circle backstage. Then legit Layla Hirsch versus... Penelope Ford uh, in, yeah. In, I, I, God, I love Layla Hirsch. Yeah. All four foot 11 of her. It's the same height as my wife. Four foot 11. She, and, and I, so I know how, to, how short that is. But she's like, because she's so like, short. she have a German suplex? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My wife uh, does not German uh, suplex me. At least not when I'm, I'm you know, not when I'm looking anyway. Um but um, yeah, I mean, but this match was about getting over the the Miro and Charles Taylor act now that Chuck Taylor is his butler. And you want to talk about sort of like heartbreaking stuff. You know, we talked about this with the Adam Page thing at the top of the show because Penelope Ford gets the win because Kip Sabian gets involved. Essentially, the numbers game made Layla Hirsch not win this match because she was like, she looked really awesome. Like when she drags people to the floor, like her ground game is really, really cool. And it's fun to watch. And Miro gets Charles in the ring and he tells Charles, because Orange Cassidy is watching her ringside, to look that guy, look at that boy George look like in the eye and tell him that Miro is your new best friend. It's a, it's a goofy thing, right? Like it doesn't, you know, like Charles doesn't have to say it. Like Charles could just say it and it doesn't really mean anything to him. But to Chucky e. T, it means everything. His tag team is literally the best friends with him and, and Trent. So this really is like a heartbreaker. And his selling of having to say, Miro is my new best friend. Oh, it absolutely broke my heart for him. It was so great. Yeah, I think the performances were good. 
uh, the idea works, it's just sort of it's it's undermined by a larger bad not bad story, but just like this the, the whole wedding thing, the best friends versus best man is it's not been of the caliber that we expect of AW. Um, but yeah, I thought Layla Hirsch was really good. Uh, after that, we just got a few bits of Super Elite of beating Pentagon up backstage. That's what that made Moxley replace Pentagon in the beach break match, which will be excellent. And also the announcement of the Women's World Championship number one contender tournament. Yeah, so it's the same Eliminator style tournament that they did for the Men's Championship back in um, October to lead into Kenny Omega getting the title shot against um, Moxley. So yeah, this is a great thing. It's a really, really good thing. Um, and and I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the matches that we get out of this, particularly when we get to see like who's in the brackets. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm, this, this is a good thing. Yeah, hopefully some impact talent and uh, Layla Hirsch wins. So... <laughs> Overall, yeah, I've I gave it four out of four. The overwhelming vote was for for good, fifty percent good on Twitter. Um, I uh, do have it here. One second. Uh, yes, it was. Oh, look at that! I didn't add uh, my mouse hovered over the link. So, uh, but yeah, it was fifty one point three percent for good. But it kind of is like in that upper tier because it's twenty seven point two percent for excellent as well, with only thirteen point eight percent for te- uh, for poor. So I think like it's in the higher category. But I I would have also said good. I kind of said it was a three out of uh, three out of four show or a three out of five show. But yeah, it was it was a good solid episode of Dynamite. Nothing bad, you know. You know, it was it wasn't a terrible episode of the show. And for for balance, people very much enjoyed NXT. 46.7% for good, 37.8% for excellent, with only poor and terrible, both getting 7.8%. So impact as uh, so impact. NXT mm. also did it very, very well. But what does Ketterman Dan think? I was I thought you were gonna pepper this throughout the show. So I'm kind of glad you've saved this all for like yeah. one big reveal. So folks, one of my best friends, the guy who got me back into wrestling at university. He's sort of to thank for all of this. Uh, I, I've mentioned him before on the podcast. He, he I, beloved to me as Kenneman Dan. That's his name. And he has, nice taken, he has taken to sort of live messaging me on WhatsApp every single thought that comes <laughs> into his head while he watches AEW Dynamite every week. So, you know, I'll look at my phone 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning and I'll have 62 messages, right? And I, I said to him today, some of these are pretty funny. Can I just go, use them on the stream? He was like, yeah. So here we are. You just know that Telegram <laughs> harbors some really horrible opinions. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Moxley's hairy dad tits. He's a gorgeous bloke. Killer promo as well. Hmm. No one else in that segment mattered because of the way the butcher was dressed. (laughs) Anyone else. (laughs) If anything, AEW has some of the best dressed wrestlers right now. And finally, Miro in that Eastern Euro tracksuit is excellent. Sell me an (laughs) S5 car already. (laughs) There you go. Let me know if you enjoyed Kevin Dan's thoughts on this week's Dynamite. I'll, uh, I'll get into some more in every week.
Uh, right, so before we get on with the rest of your Omega chats, remember, get them all into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Producer Rich, play the music. It's time to light the lights because it is the Patreon $25 and a month, a month or more backers on Patreon. <laughs> it's the class of January 2021 Hall of Fame. Thank you, Jonathan, the Headmaster Headman. I'm Batty Man, Nathan Batty. The Snapdragon King, Ryo Odonte. He's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate, drop surname. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Probably better than Kyle O'Reilly. The Pim Particle. Philip. I, I, yes, Probably I did think Probably better that. than Kyle Philip O'Reilly. There it is. The Pim Particle Terry Hankamer. Jordan Williams, a.k.a. Ollie's Intern. The Wands chooses the wizard, Carol Wands. Raul, see ya later, Lever. And finally, for this class on January 21st, 2020, Luke's favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Thank you. Great class. Thank what a great you class. So much. Great, honorable class. Worthy careers. I've just had this from Rich. Chat, want Ketterman Dan to be a regular segment? 100% yes in the chat. I was watching the chat go wild uh, as the <laughs> the segment was happening. Just lots of yes, yes. I enjoyed. Do this every week. Holy balls. Right, so let's get through your Omega chats. Remember, last call, get them in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. Reese Johnson, afternoon, lads. My free case of craft beer arrived today, courtesy of Beer 52. Can't wait for the Rumble to plow through them. On to AEW, another great show. I really think they should put Young Bucks with Omega, not have them against each other. Have a nice day. <clears throat> well, maybe they will fall in line. Who knows? I think that's the long-term goal. 2022, though, at least. Christopher Jazzcat. Some botches don't bother me so much. It's when people try to carry on as though nothing happened that makes me cringe. Omega's botch, where he sold his leg from a little while back, might be my favourite botch of all time. My favourite botch of all time is Vince McMahon breaking his quads or tearing his quads while trying to get into the ring during the 2005 Royal Rumble. Very, It's very sad, and it probably sucked for him, but... It was quite funny how everyone just acted like it was a normal thing for him to just sit in the corner. Uh, Charlie Davis. Loved the Bucks segment last night. It gave me everything I needed. The Bucks know what Don is doing, that he's manipulating their friend, and they are not having it. Don is like the symbiote, slowly poisoning Kenny. You can feel the sleaze oozing off him. He is sleazy, though, when he Don Callis. I don't know, but another equally valid reveal well it's where the bucks think kenny isn't to blame and then kenny goes i knew all along i knew all along 
Charlie Davis again. Another thing, the Bucks enabled Kenny's bad behavior for years while he was a heel, but they are still the only people who care about Kenny here. Don wants to carry Kenny around like a trophy, and the Good Brothers are just looking for a payday. Amazing. Layers upon layers. Charlie Davis thinks Kenny's the baby face in all this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leon Quashy. Greetings, lads. The NXT fight pit was great, as expected. Favourite part of the night, though, was that whole Dark Order segment. Hilarious and depressing at the same time. Oh, hangman. Also, good shout-out to Dark tonight with Avalon and Komaroto. So, of course, they feature on Dark quite heavily. Mm. Uh, Dan H. For me, it was a great show. Many this-will-be-top-stars moments. The fact that Hangman enters through the face tunnel and left on the heel side, I didn't notice, broke my heart. Maybe a turn coming. Okay, on with the review, because it is Thursday, and you know. Can I give my theory? I think he thinks he's the heel, and that's why he leaves through the heel tunnel. He's not. I don't think it's a turn. I think to him, he is the bad guy in all of this, and that's why he's going out that way. <sighs> Christopher Jazzcat, can we take a moment to appreciate how the wrestlers, management, and fans are doing all they can for negative one? I legit marked out. Hangman's botch didn't bother me because he acknowledged it. Him not joining Dark Order, legit broke my heart. Broke my heart. Legit, <laughs> Layla Hirsch broke my heart. James Hanley. Oh, I didn't do my joke. I called Don Callis the invisible hand job today. <laughs> I thought that was good. I was just pretend I said that in all the times I talked about him. <laughs> and James Hanley, fantasy booking. Paige will continue to meander through the roster, hanging out with multiple factions who all want him to join, but he refuses because he believes himself to be poison. Omega upsets him so much that he unit said factions against Impact. Well, he no, he unites. I think that's meant to be like he unites oh, yeah. those. You, yeah. yeah, he unites those factions against him or against Impact. Yeah, I thought I maybe it's because I'm so into Page and Dark Order, but I, I think it, that could get repetitive if he does it with multiple different factions. Colostopia next week, the Elite versus Dark Order. As they get beat up post match, Page comes for the save and comforts Kenny and Elite. Or I think that's conference. Yeah and then joins the Dark Order. I don't mind the botches. The guys, girls are amazing, and people often forget it. Yeah, I don't think a show can live and die by like a handful of botches throughout the night. Um, I mean, I've been to some indie shows. So um, yeah, I, I really love that as well. That idea of this page just comes down for the save at the end. And that's when we like, yeah, we'll get like that confrontation. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for next week's show. Over to you, Hot Tag. Carol Wands, who featured in those Patreon shoutouts. Hey, Carol. Um, good afternoon, Luke and Ollie. AEW got me good last night. I really thought Paige was going to join the Dark Order. When he said he couldn't, I was so disappointed. Mox, Ray, and Pac versus Omega and uh, the Good Brothers of Beach Break. Yes, please. 2021 is shaping up nicely. Hashtag love you all. Thanks, Carol. You made my heart skip there because I forgot Phoenix's first name was also <laughs> Ray. Was that Mysterio? Mysterio. <laughs> M Sanchez, uh, this show was not that good. A lot of people on the show, a lot of people on the show are directionless. Cody, in, C Cody in particular, he's got too many directions. If anything, um, somehow your glee over AEW doesn't let you see the clear holes in some things on the show. Also, that Jericho botch ruined the main events. Interesting. I mean, you obviously didn't enjoy the show as much as we did. Uh, botches taking people out of the match, totally understand. Um, 
but I, I, I can't see where you're what you're saying about the directionless thing. What one of the strengths I thought was that everyone had something to do and, and were given something to do on the show. Yeah, that's what I, I completely agree. Uh, new Punk rants. Every time I watch Dynamite, one thing comes to mind. It's the thing I've wanted since day one of Dynamite. Jericho brought him up and I need this. Juventud Guerrera in AEW 2021. It would make me pop and cry so hard. He's teasing AEW as well. Of all the people to want in AEW. <laughs> Hoovy. It'd be a cool little uh, bit though. If they had uh, a yeah, if they did a rumble, that's the sort of like, yeah, you want some of those like old, like, you know, it's like when ROH brought in Glacier for a show and you was like, oh my God, Glacier's here. Um, Dylan Starr, hey guys, love the show. I hate to be a Jim Cornette here, but I'm uh, uh, I'm I the only one who found the private party match just too much. Felt like half the time someone was standing there just waiting for someone to do a flip instead of, I don't know, hitting them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like people were just sort of like, they were out of position or they were in positions too early. Um, it, it's an experience. There was also the uh, pin when they weren't the legal man. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I agree. I totally agree. I just love mm -hmm. the private party story so much that I overall I enjoyed it more than I did disliked it. Uh, the DS Davis. JR shouted out Nick Komaroto's alma mater, Rowan University in New Jersey, which is where I went to undergrad at, uh, undergrad at. I actually took a class with him, so I've been loving watching him on Dark. I think he could be a huge homegrown star for AEW, even though he was in NXT. Genuinely, Paige saying no uh, versus Chuck Taylor saying Miro is his best friend really had me more emotional. Broke my damn heart. Also, the tournament has the Japanese flag on one side of the brackets. Does it really? Well, that... Oh, what, you mean like everyone on that side's Japanese? See. Maybe. No, I mean, they've got a lot of Japanese. Oh, it does actually. You're absolutely right. Yeah. There's oh. an American on one side, a Japanese flag on the other side. I didn't spot that. So it's sort of best of the world. Uh, well, not best of the world, but the US versus Japan theme to it, maybe. Could be, yeah. It's a really, that's really interesting. Um, Christopher Jazzcat. Uh, I have a real soft spot for Chucky D. He's so awkward and goofy. It just seems really genuine. Never cared about him more than in this episode when it looked like it absolutely killed him to say to inside to say that Miro was his best friend. Poor Chucky T. Chuck Taylor is just he's been so good for so many years. He's he's a lot better than what he's been shown to be as well. The DS Davis, do you think Omega wearing a purple cowboy bandana style shirt and taking a good boot after the Pentagon beatdown is a low-key connection to Hangman Page still? AEW really has me over-analyzing everything about everyone. Yeah, because he attacked Pentagon with a cowboy boot. I don't know why he didn't connect those together. Surely, right? Yeah. At first I thought he was attacking them with the heel because he's the heel and, I, and I, then i was like oh no it's the toe uh brett j rasmus i disagree i very much love what aew is doing with miro kip and Pen uh, penelope versus the best friends my heart broke when charles had to say that miro was his best friend now making miro even more of a heel can't wait to see the wedding at beach break yeah i almost think the wedding's a bit of a a weight round the feud's neck at the moment just because we've been waiting for it so long are we ever going to get the bachelor party yeah <laughs> Charlie Davis, hi again, lad. Uh, I don't so much think that Kenny is the babyface. I think no one in this elite storyline has handled being a friend very well. No one wants to communicate like they should have. That's why it's great. Yeah. Uh, hot tag back to you. Trevor Seibert, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. With Kenny Omega dominating as AEW champion and with the Impact World title in his sights as well, what title should he challenge for next? <gasps> I vote the Rev Pro title because that would mean Omega versus Osprey. 
I, if we can I, get shows up and running. Would New Japan allow that? Well, that's the key to it, isn't it? Because they've got yeah. a very close relationship, RevPro and New Japan. Like that is that's that's a that's a close relationship. So, and I was going to it will be you something have to sign off on it. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 you don't get pushed in a company at that level, and then go to another promotion and get beaten by a potential rival promotion's top oh, champion yeah, without at least asking management. Like yeah, I, I don't care. That's right. not that's not like walking on eggshells backstage. That's wrestling one hundred and one. <laughs> give your like head book a notice if you're going to do a job for another promotions champion. And I I wouldn't sign off on it. No, so, no, and, that, and that's not that's not what I meant. Is that like you know New Japan don't uh, don't control what Rev Pro does. That's, that's more what I meant. But you're absolutely right. Like they would have to ask. New, I'd have to say to New Japan. Here's what our plan is. And if New Japan said no, and it's going to be a problem for us if you do, that is when it becomes a potential problem for them. Yeah, I think NWA or AAA. Mm -hmm. Probably oh, he's already AAA champion. He's the mega champion. Is that the top? Not, I don't I think, think that's the top top. I mean, it's called it's called the mega champion. Yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rich is saying, oh, yes, it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Leon Quashy, Mr. Davis is so stuffed with Khan Bucks. <laughs> That he's given this episode four out of four. What an absolute mark. Anyway, I'm using my Khan coin trademark <laughs> to buy a month's worth of ad space on Impact. <laughs> uh, Bacon Rasher, hi again, lads. I would like to see Dark Order versus Elite in a blood and guts match. Would you agree? Amazing. Speaking of blood and guts, reminds me of war games. Reminds me of Quizzlemania war games. Finally, I have Cake Hole Black Forest Stout. Beer 52 is great. Glad yeah. you're enjoying it, Bacon Rasher. That's the one I just picked up. This moon dog cake hole, black forest stouts, cherries. I'll save, I'll save that for the rumble stream. Um, but yeah, Quizzlemania stips. It's busy. It's busy because we've got a lot of gimmick matches coming up. Uh, Tyler Woodward, could we see Bullet Club New Japan invade AEW soon? Also, I don't think so. Also, new catchphrase for you, Mister Davis. Where are my pancakes instead of papers? Also, any Mania matches you would like to see the result flipped? Doing a series on my channel and would love suggestions. Uh, John Cena not beating Bray Wyatt. Oh, I was going to say uh, Bray Wyatt beating Randy Orton for the uh, in their WWE Championship match. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few. Christopher Jazzcat. Ollie, how could you not love emo characters and wrestling after Jimmy Jacobs wrote emo love songs for Lacey? Jimmy and Lacey now and forever the match of the year. The fact that she showed up for his last ROH match was one of my favorite moments in wrestling. I mean, there's emo. There's different kinds of emo. Uh, the, the fool with Jacobs and Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, I felt like was more of a sinister black magic emo, whereas Darby Allen is the kind of, you know, annoyingly lethargic kid. <laughs> <laughs> my chemical romance emo. But I like my MCR. I don't know. Uptown Avondale. I think Moxley will team with Sammy Callahan, but they could do something really cool by adding EC3 to make it three on three with Omega and the Good Brothers. Their history makes for a great story and eventual breakup. Why would EC3? Well, he's got the, like, with Moxley, because, you know, he's like, they blame Moxley and the EC3, like, EC3 was blamed, you know, because. Oh, that's so insider. No, that's, sorry, that's, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. That's like, <laughs> No, there's no real history there. There is. But uh, not, 
you shouldn't be turning that into a wrestling storyline. There may be more that I've missed. Um, the Adnap2 says, hey guys, having a tough start to 21, but working on getting better. I'll be myself again the next time you hear from me. Always helps to hear your voices. Best of luck to you, mate. Um, Brett J. Rasmus. Also, Luke, when you do the Friday podcast with Denise, you have to ask her about the shirt that Anakin gave to both her and SRS at the end of the Raw Post on Fightful. If you haven't seen it yet, we uh, will want to know Denise's opinion on that. I still haven't seen it. I've only listened to half the episode. I've been, so I've had to record two uh, actually good videos this week. And yeah, the nine hours of content I recorded with uh, Davis yesterday. I still haven't had a chance to listen to uh, Fightful. And, oh, okay, Charles Berg has got his uh, pancake recipe, everyone. So, have you got a pen and paper? One cup AP flour. Three, uh, quarter, three quarters of a teaspoon of baking soda. Three quarters of a teaspoon baking powder. Five eighths table salt. 1.5 tablespoons of sugar. Two eighths tablespoons of cinnamon. Two eighths tablespoons of nutmeg. Mix and bake well. Add one and one quarter cup of buttermilk. One and a half tablespoons of melted butter. One large egg. Stir, uh, but leave lumps. Enjoy. The recipe yields about five to six pancakes. Feel free to double if needed. Forgot to mention, use unsalted butter. I forgot to mention the recipe. Add a quarter of a teaspoon of vanilla extract when mixing wet and dry ingredients. Wow. Uh, I guess my only question, Charles, is... How many grams are there? <laughs> Don't come in here and give me a really inefficient US cup measuring system. Ugh, I hate man. that when I look at recipes. I have to Google, like, how many cups, how many grams are there in a cup? How many milliliters are there in a cup? Changes, depending on what the <laughs> substance is as well. Ugh. And surely, like, my cup is going to be a different size to all the other cups. This is a terrible, it's a terrible system. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. But thank you, Charles. I'll actually thank you. probably try that out uh, this weekend. As you should all try out Beer 52. Go over to beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk UK viewers only for a free case of eight craft beers. We give you free beers. We're awesome. Go check that out. And uh, just before we get out of here, just as a little tease for next week, because <gasps> it's one of the most exciting times of the year. Oh, damn it, we just had another Uber chat come in. Zachary oh, Jenkins. Hey, hey, another crazy scenario. John Cena beats Okada in a seven-star Meltzer classic in the Tokyo Dome. Also, <laughs> Luke, did you see Casey Catanzaro's finisher last night, and how's the Godzilla board game? Godzilla board game is very good. I do think that the scoring system needs uh, some, like, working. I think it needs some house rules in order for it to really make sense. Um, and, yeah, I've not seen NXT, so I, I have not seen uh, Casey Catamaran's new move. I've heard it's like a, a corkscrew moonsault. Um, and finally here, Augustin Detris, in a circle, splits up into two trios teams, MJF, Santana, and Ortiz, with Jericho, Sammy, and Hager as the other. Trio's tournament semi-final will be Jericho team versus MJF team and Death Triangle versus Kingston team and Death Triangle versus MJF team in finals at full gear. Uh, I think that's too long to stretch out the 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 tournament and I, we just had the whole thing about tags so I wouldn't put them in trios kind of undermines that main event. But it, but it sort of but it sort of works once you've broken up MJF and um, Jericho. So, yeah, I, I, I actually think it, it kind of works. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us and in a tease for next week, because it's one of the most exciting times of the year. 
for us wrestling fans, the road to WrestleMania, to Wrestle Jam, begins with the Royal Jamble. All become clear next week. But let me tell you now, it's going to be all about my balls. Thank you very much for joining us here on the AEW podcast. Oh, my balls. Oh, my balls are coming out now. Have you got your list up for League of Lockdown? Oh, we're jumping into this. Let me get it up. Uh, Let's look through here. Lockdown rankings. League of Lockdown is open. Okay, well, here is an interesting one. This is from the headmaster, Jonathan Hedman. Uh, a treasured member of the SWAF Nation. So I'm just writing down your name. Go for it. Good, uh, good appropriate time of day, Mr. Davis, and welcome back, rowdy, lukewarm, Luke Owen. I hope, I hope you're both doing absolutely fantastic. I wanted to pass along some good news. As you may remember, I've had some hard times during this pandemic, was technically homeless, jobless, and happiless. If you said that word is made up, I'll remind you that all words are made up in (laughs) July. And I was able to find a room to rent that was able to help with the list videos. I was also doing a political survey that's quite frankly brought my depression to some of its lowest depths I've ever been in quite some time. That contributed to me regaining some of the 140 pounds I've previously lost. Well, fast forward to today, and many things have happened. As of Friday, I started a job with a national cable company doing internet support for 40 different states across America. My weight is back down, and my mental state is much better. Never let it be said that interaction with people isn't important. So to summarize, I've overkicked my, I've kicked my overeating and depression earring. I'm uh, working full-time with incredible benefits, and I'm relatively happy again. Thanks for all the great content across all the platforms and support you all provide us during these hard times. Love you all. Jam that jam. 50 to win. I turn 50 on April. Uh, Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. Well, that's fantastic. But they've already submitted. I thought I thought Jonathan had. So are we, are we trying to like add on to, to what he's previously done? Or is he just, did, did he just email to brag more? Headman is currently tied with Eli. Uh, dropped 100 pounds in weight. Uh, COVID lockdown has helped him mentally and he's healthier. Now, of course, he can add a job to that. That's what's happening. Mm. I think that's the update. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but does it move him up in the rankings? Is the question. Job. Okay. So, Eli, who he's tied with, uh, got a job doing COVID test manufacturing mm, and I, uh, yeah. better communication with wife, and is saving for a house. Now, above them is Austin Tussie, who moved in with their best friend from high school, started recording music. They're a WrestleTalk mod now. Best man for brother. Oh, I'm saying it can't go above Austin. I'm going I'm to put my... I mean, I know I'm not in charge of this, but I'm, yeah. I'm almost going to put my foot down on this. Can't go above Austin. Austin also uh, got a dog called Roman. Now, but the benchmark for me is always James, who, lest we forget, won two 55-inch... <laughs> it always makes me laugh he won two 55 inch flat screen tvs in a competition now that is the best thing to happen to anyone in 2020 and i put him mid table 
Because that's yeah. like, that's what you've got to be. If you're below that, you know. But if you're above, that's something special. Hedman is currently above James. So I, I, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move you, Jonathan. But you are in a very respectable top 10 position right now. Has um, John Cochran uh, also submitted? Yes, he has. Moved into New okay. House March 2020. Well, He's apparently you've got, you've got an update here. So... Oh, okay. Well, let's hope that this is dropping down in levels here. My birthday was January 12th. We were not only approved for a loan for a home, but we also, uh, but also our offer was accepted on our dream forever home on the same day. Thank you for all the rest of the videos and podcasts, as well as under consultation. Well, thank you very much. Uh, everyone is great. Hope everyone had a great day. Thank you very much. Well, we can't drop him. He listens to my other podcasts. So uh, if anything, you should probably go up a place. Say that again. So they moved into their forever so, home. So my birthday was on January 12th. They were approved for a loan on a home and they had an offer accepted on their dream forever home on the same day. That is insane because I've got down here, they moved into their new house March 2020. <gasps> so they moved again that soon, I imagine, because that's what a lot of people have done in lockdown. Now, the one that I loved about John so much is and i think he's one of the more memorable submissions because moved into the new house now he's moved again on the on the dream uh one looked for new job wife pregnant uh named his kid after dick grayson mm -hmm. their other son is called damien so these are batman's robins uh and got custody of his first child and he got to have his 12 year old daughter with him at christmas Oh, that's so above him is Jay got out of toxic seven year relationship, found new girlfriend from old school and moved in with friend. I'm moving John above Jay. John is now wow. in third place because above him is Seth Amphetamines who kicked a seven year LSD habit. Which is a tough one to beat. Mm -hmm. okay, That's a tough one to beat. Uh, also, this is from Aaron, who just says, I'm, uh, it's not my local, so I'm not sure if it counts, but I once went to a bar in Prague that had been open since 1375. That's old. He, he adds, I don't think the menu has changed much since then because I had pork scratchings in lard for dinner. Proust. <laughs> <laughs> So he wonders if that's going to put him up any higher in uh, the League of Lockdown as well. No, that does nothing. No, I don't think it did. <clears throat> anyway, thank you very much. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, please do... Uh, oh, hey, do you know what tomorrow is? Reunited and it feels so good. Me and Denise back together again to do the magazine show. It is now the new consistently most listened to podcast that uh, that we put out i'm very very proud of it so go please listen to that uh, tomorrow and then on saturday it's randy andy datson new quizzle mania champion randy andy datson and pete quinnell doing the smackdown review thank you all so much for listening take care i love you goodbye Rumble, 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.